You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Mariah and friends. Minimize the fear. Expand your awareness. Welcome back, all you sexy souls. It's Mariah here. We're in the new year. We're kicking things off with some great guests. Um, Before I introduce my guest, I just want to say thank you all for pushing play, having that bravery to explore this on your own. Um, But I also want to challenge you as you're listening to this episode, and if anything comes up that makes you think of somebody else, I want to challenge you to share this episode with that person. There's more people who need this message more often, and we can all help by spreading the love out there. But today I have Dr. Kyle Freeman with me, who I'm really excited to introduce. Um, He is a sex empowerment coach, and he helps guide humans toward radical self-love and sexual liberation. Some of you might recognize him from the reality TV show, the one that got away, had his moment of fame as well on there, besides our podcast, right? Mm -hmm. But thank you, Kyle, for joining us. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Mariah. Yeah, um, I you might have seen me in all different places. TikTok, the one that got away. Porn. I'm just yeah. <laughs> Porn. Yeah, I mean, OnlyFans. Come on. It's a, it's a new age in sexuality and expressing ourselves. And so just leading the way by saying, hey, it's okay. Let's, uh, let's put our dick out there. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks <laughs> for putting your dick out there on the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, no, that was something that someone brought up and they were like, Hey, if you ever get stopped and people are like, you look really familiar. Do I know you from something? And be like, Oh, do you watch, you know, porn or porn hunt or something? So I thought it was so funny. I'm going to try to start doing that now, but thank you for joining us. Um, it's really cool to have more people that have missions aligned with our show Mm -hmm. who are doing that work for others who, those service providers just weren't there 10, 15 years ago, honestly, maybe not even five years ago, at least not readily available that we do today. So before we get too far into, um, you know, the gap, let's talk about what you actually do and what you provide for all those who might be looking for some answers. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. And also just thank you for creating this space for people, because as you stated, we need more safe spaces to have these conversations as adults and just realize that sex can be talked about like coffee or like cars or like we talked about earlier, Um, because when we can look at it like it's any old other subject, we can treat it as adults and be mature and have these mature conversations, because if we don't, then we all stay in our little bubbles and judgment circles and insecurity and then no one grows. Uh, So thank you for creating this podcast and this community. Um, As far as what I do, I kind of am in the same work in creating a safe space and community uh, to help people open up in their sexuality, to really go deep into their past, uh, into their trauma, shame that they hold from their upbringing, so that they can release all the garbage that they're still holding on to that's holding them down, weighing them down from actually fully expressing themselves. Uh, We live in a day and age right now where there's a push to self-censor a lot of people. Mm. um, Everywhere. Everywhere. Canceled. Everything. Yeah. And um, especially in the realm of sexuality. um, Mm -hmm. I have beliefs that I've self-centered because God forbid we're not fully on board with every idea when it comes to sex nowadays being progressive. Um, there's a lot of pushback. And so we have to really create these spaces to understand there's a lot of nuance to these topics. And the only way that we can grow is to have rational discussion to see where we belong, uh, what we agree on, what we don't, because these are realms that we've never gone into. Um, I'm 30 currently. And I don't know. I think you're what, 22? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, most of the previous generation did not have conversations. They barely had any education around sex. Most of it mm-hmm. came from the wrong place, which was religion, churches, institutions that did not have facts, did not have um, positive beliefs or ideologies behind sex and would make people feel bad about it, would make people feel insecure, shame. Um, and afraid to express themselves. So nowadays, 
I created a community. Um, it's called the Sexual Empowerment for High Performers, and I run an online academy called the Sex Empowerment Academy. Um, that's main my main focus, where I help people come together in small, intimate groups to really go deep, to do the work, to understand themselves first, to release mm-hmm. any shame and guilt, uh, so that we can create a clean slate to understand who's your ideal self. Who does that person want to be? What do they want to do? How do they want to express themselves and truly love yourself in that and then learn how to emotionally regulate as we go through these ups and downs of life? Because when we know how to emotionally regulate, we can handle relationships better. We can handle situations in life better. And thus we can go to the depths of our vulnerability, which I believe is sexuality. And once we can go there, we can treat it with a sacred nature and we can fully embrace all of our kinks, all of our desires, and not feel these shame, not worry about what people think about us as much. And then once we have that and we have a safe place to explore, we can go embrace it. Lovely, beautiful, and well said. And really, I want to emphasize that you're talking about embracing who we are fully and how we interact with the world first within us and then how we interact with the world, not how we can form ourselves to fit into the world, that we have to fit this mold that we, you know, something's wrong with me because my view on sex is different or that I like something different than what the typical is or what I, my health textbook told me was um, normal. And I think that's very scary out there when we have so much information and a lot of labels and judgment, it's good, bad, right, wrong. Um, and so just to have somebody to empower us to be ourselves and respect that sacred part of sexuality, I think it's really cool. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's just, again, it comes back to creating those safe spaces because if we don't feel safe, whether that's in a community, um, online, uh, in a relationship, this is where we see it the most. You know, we see people with life partners or in um, relationships where they don't feel comfortable to open up about these desires because they're worried about losing love, getting abandoned, getting rejected, getting shamed. And now you're living a life with a partner who doesn't fully know you. And mm-hmm. this leads to resentment. This leads to cheating. This leads to doing things that we don't truly want to do leads to arguments. And then we see divorce rates nowadays. Um, and something needs to be done about it. Uh, it's not to say that there's anything wrong with monogamy or that everyone should be non-monogamous. We just really need to open the playing field to say, hey, let's look within our inside ourselves. Because in, instead of taking it out on our partners and out on the world, we have to really go inward and say, why am I reacting this way to X thing that's happening in my external environment? And let me reflect on that so that I can work on something here. Why am I being triggered in this moment? The second we are triggered, we typically take it out on the external, the world, the person in front of us, our partner. When in reality, if we just become secure in who we are, we're not going to be so affected by words, by how other people think, that we can agree to disagree that it's okay for us all to think differently, to have different kinks. And I will just add... um, that I feel the word kinks is it should be actually stricken. It should be changed to something else. Not that I don't like the word. I like the word kink. But <laughs> when we understand the fact that everyone sexual has flavors, yeah, sexual well, desires, <laughs> it comes from the fact of like, well, what is what is not kinky, right? We we talk about what vanilla is, and That's for those black who don't coffee, know, like you were yeah, saying, <laughs> I love black Let's talk coffee. About coffee. <laughs> hey, I love black coffee, but. Um, if we look at every single person and every single person was truly honest, um, even those who are completely inexperienced with sex, maybe they're still a virgin listening to this. Um, everyone has kinks. Everyone has desires. Um, yes, there are individuals who are asexual and might not have sexual cravings. There's that too. But everyone has different desires outside of kissing, cuddling, hugging, which is essentially vanilla and, and missionary sex, Right. Everyone has other desires, other pleasures that might not be penetrative. It could be, I love when my partner feeds me food and I feel like a goddess or God. Um, I love to, you know, bring different types of scents into the bedroom. And I love doing 
erotic, uh, tantric breath work with my partner, because that's a form of connection for me. And that's a kink of mine is, is, is like quality time and quality connection. You can call a kink, whatever you want. It's whatever creates that arousal for you with your partner. And that comes in different shades, but the reality is we all typically share these more often than we don't. Um, you know, I, I have clients who come to me, I, I love being spanked. I love being choked, but I feel so guilty about these things because it feels so wrong. And I go, I love, I love those things. Mm -hmm. You're not alone, honey. Or, you know, um, and, and once people realize, oh, like I'm not this weirdo who's in a silo in the corner, um, with these dark demonist desires. And then we go, well, where does that connection come from? And that's when the path begins when I'm working with someone is we go, well, where did that thought come from? Why do you believe this is such a negative thing? Well, I got told by X person growing up and they told me all the time and they shamed me and told me I would go to hell. I would go this. No one would accept me. That's where the road begins. And not everyone wants to go down that road. Um, Mm -hmm. It's scary for a lot of people. Because the second you start to open up Pandora's box or the door that you can't see, whatever you want to call it, um, people get scared because they don't know what's on the other side. They don't know what's the unknown. And many people like to stay in their comfortable place, even if it's not the happiest, because it's what's known. But the truth is, there's a lot once you go through that box and once you go through that door and once you have support and someone to guide you, hold your hand or community to support you to know you're not alone when you're going through the the journey into the box, you realize it's not so bad and that there's mm-hmm. a lot of promise on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That journey into the box can be a fun one. There's a lot of different boxes out there. So <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean exploring and having that safety to explore. Um I would love to know like what got you started? Where was your journey? You know, when did you start exploring this for yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's, it's why I do what I do nowadays. Um, So my journey led to me becoming a sex empowerment coach and doing everything that I do now through a mix of my formal education, my personal journey, just as a man in progress, um, and doing the work. So as stated earlier, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. That's my formal education. Initially, I also have a bachelor's in business, but um, Becoming a physical therapist, I learned how the body works a lot. I learned how trauma gets stored in the body, whether it's physical, Mm -hmm. mental, emotional, um, and how to work with clients, not just by treating their shoulder or treating their ankle, but by treating them through the biopsychosocial model. So including psychology, biology, um, their social factors, because that's how you treat someone holistically as you look at all factors into why is someone suffering? How can I help them best? Sometimes I can help their pain by not even touching their ankle. It means just talking to them and making sure they feel heard about the pain that they're going through. Um, And that can mean more than rubbing their foot or putting them through an exercise in that moment just to be heard. Uh, And so through years of working with hundreds, thousands of clients, um, I started to get tired of just working in the traditional healthcare system for numerous reasons, Mm -hmm. insurance companies, covid Um, and I really was trying to get to what I really wanted to work on now through this time period, uh, after college, although I grew professionally into my career, I had personal issues, um, meaning I wasn't always fully open about my desires and relationships. Um, I grew up not always getting the love that I needed. And because of that, it led to me searching for love in not always the best ways. Uh, so in college, I began to realize oh, I'm really great at sex. People like me. Um, And this is a form of connection. This is a form of love. And because I can make people feel good, I want more of this. And after a heartbreak, a really hard heartbreak, I went, you know what? Fuck relationships. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to fuck who I want because this is great. And people like me for it. And I feel good about myself. Mm. And that's where a lot of fuck boys start out. They didn't get the love that they needed growing up. And, you know, we, we look down upon a lot of men like this and I feel for them because I know where a lot of them came from and a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, but the best, uh, apology is change behavior. That's the truth. So when we can recognize that, when I can show people, Hey, 
I went down that route and I got into relationships that I shouldn't have gone into. I led people on. I hid my desires. I hid what I wanted in the moment because I was codependent. I was trying to get love through sex. I didn't have a lot going for me because I was just a broke college student just trying to get to the end of a seven-year program so I could finally make money. And, <laughs> and this is the one thing that made me feel good. Like I was worth something throughout that whole time period because I didn't really feel a lot of self-worth through mm -hmm. my seven-year journey in school as well as afterwards. Um, but I eventually hit a point where I hurt myself too much. I hurt others. I felt guilty. I had run-ins with getting chlamydia um, for dumb decisions and not having conscious conversations. And I realized that I needed to work on this. I needed to change because I was tired of this. I was going through cyclic depression, um, you know, suicidal ideations of like, what, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I just have a normal relationship like all these other people? Um, and non-monogamy was not really a thing that was talked about back then. Um, it was, you get into a monogamous relationship, you get married and then you die, right? That's, that's the life path. Maybe you get a dog. If you get divorced, too. you're a failure. It's a failed yeah. attempt. It's a fail. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so I finally started to hear conversations about non-monogamy and realized that this was a thing and that people had to open up about what they wanted and have check-ins so that people mm -hmm. knew where you were in this relationship. Where are you in your second relationship? Um, how are we moving forward? How are we feeling that it's okay to want to sleep with more than one person and that you can still have a healthy relationship? And I was like, this is a fucking thing. This is a thing. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like what I need. This sounds like what I've wanted this whole time that I was in relationships with people that I loved. But I was like, I just feel so restricted in my ability to love others. I have a lot of love to give. It's not that I don't love this person. It's not that they don't give me amazing feelings and that I don't want to create a life with them. It's just that there's this one other thing that I'd like to have and not having it is making me feel like this horrible person. Um, and and I couldn't be open. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fair for me to demand it upon you because you're my one partner. Mm -hmm. So but hey, if I, I, open... I still have this need. Yes. So yeah. But if I opened it. up about it, um, I was afraid that either a, they would hate me. They would not love me. They would leave me. I would be this terrible person. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'd hide it. And that's how a lot of people feel, whether they're in a relationship or in a long-term marriage where they're like, you know what? I do love this person, but I just, I want I have these desires and I don't think it's should be that big of a thing. It's not taking away my love for you. Um, I just want to get this like off my chest or out of my pants or whatever you want to call it. Um, but we're afraid to have these conversations because we're so insecure. We don't have these safe spaces to just be real with one another and have the hard conversations. And thus what happens, people cheat, people mm -hmm. do things. Um, people resent one another and take it out on their partner. And then their partner's like, what did I do wrong? When in reality, it's coming from this other source where we can't just have an open conversation. And so I've helped a lot of couples by just saying, listen, let's be fucking adults here and just open up this conversation and say what you've wanted to say for so long and just take it in, witness them, realize this is vulnerability. This is desires. This is your person being who they are and telling you what they what they would like and realizing that this could help actually expand your relationship if you truly want to go there. I'm not saying, and I, let me just say, I don't push non-monogamy on people. I'm just saying this is an option. Maybe we should just have these conversations. Maybe you can have a primary, primarily monogamous marriage or relationship, but every now and then you introduce someone else to the bedroom. Every now and then you go have some fun with a girl or a guy or whoever. Is that yeah. so bad that you can have such a trusting relationship, such a secure relationship that you've created agreements and boundaries on what is allowed and not allowed or what I need to feel secure with you doing this? Now your needs are getting met. I feel secure. Now we're happier, right? And, and you know what? Work, yeah, yes. to recognize those true needs too. Yeah. Not just what you think the need is or what society is telling you you should need. Yeah, absolutely. And so- Bringing back to me, once I kind of realized non-monogamy was a thing, I was like, it started to improve my relationships because I started to be completely upfront and honest from the start saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm non-monogamous. This is what I'm interested in. Um, you know, it's okay if you're not interested in this uh, because I want you to go find what's best for you. 
And guess what? Less people were getting reactive towards me. People were more respectful. Many people who didn't know what it was were asking me questions like, oh, what is that? Because they were interested. And some people were like, oh my God, that's it. you can do that. And so I began, <laughs> began to inspire others. of like, yeah, this is a thing and this is what I do. Um, and through that, I began to fully express myself. I got on social media. I, I was already on social media. I was talking about like physical therapy and stuff at the time, but I started to open up more about the sexual side of things and mm. all the exploration I'd done, because I'll be honest, I was a fucking whore in college. I had a lot of fun, had a lot of experience, and it made me really good at what I do. Mm. Um, and I realized that through a lot of that experience and through just consciously relating to people, um, I was actually able to help a lot of partners with different problems, um, such as one partner having trauma from doing anal with a previous partner who didn't uh, listen to her consent or broke mm -hmm. her boundaries, and she was afraid to do it. So I said, okay, let's work on that. Let's take our time. Let's go slow. I know how to go about this, right? Let's do some breath work. Let me incorporate like my physical therapy knowledge, because for those who don't know, a lot of physical therapists are pelvic physical therapists. They help with pelvic issues. Um, and they're actually one of the biggest providers of sexual health. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm, I, don't, I don't say I'm not a pelvic health therapist, but I do know a lot in those realms. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to help a lot of individuals and just say, hey, you know what? I've done this work. I, I know where you're coming from. You can feel free to be as open and honest with me as you'd like, because I want to meet your desires. I want to meet your needs if I can. And if there's something that I can't, there's something I'm not interested in, I'll be upfront with you because I would also like my needs and desires to be met. I don't want to have to hide anymore. And that's such a liberating feeling. And mm. through that and through working with my own coaches and therapy, I realized like, I want to share this with a lot more people. Like this is so needed. It's still so needed. Um, mm -hmm. We're still in the infancy because if we look at how sex is talked about in society right now on the media, it's all politicized. Um, all yeah, we talk about. Censored. Yeah. Or censored. Yeah. Trust me. I don't even want to <laughs> go there. I'm like, I'm like two seconds away from being banned on TikTok. I have to right, right. talk about things in certain ways. Um, but we see it being very politicized. It's main what we mainly see. And I think what people get so tired of hearing, honestly, is they're just talking about, uh, you know, trans rights, gay rights, um, students in school. And mm -hmm. listen, these it's not to say these aren't important topics, but when they're getting shoved down people's throats all day long, and we're not talking about all the other areas and aspects of sex and like how to have better relationships, like okay, we're talking about um, that it's okay to be queer. Well, what does that mean? And what are the things that queer people enjoy doing? Oh, but mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about that. We're just yeah. going to talk about it's okay to be gay. Great, it is. But why can't we take it a step further and like have a real adult conversation on like what that means? Um, and so you see a lot of people who get up in arms saying, oh, we're talking about sex too much. Everything's being sexified. These people are just very insecure because now we're actually finally talking about some of these topics for the first time. And now it feels like too much when in reality, it's just actually happening. But we need to have more conscious conversations around this instead of saying, this is what needs to happen. This is how uh, students need to be taught in school. Maybe we should just be able to be adults and talk about this because a lot of people just wanna shut down the conversation entirely mm -hmm. because they're uncomfortable. Right. And that's what's happened for decades. And that's not what helps a society grow. It's actually what leads to more STDs, more unwanted pregnancies, more sexual assaults. If we look at, I don't, I don't know, maybe you saw one of these studies, but in uh, the Netherlands, they have a very comprehensive sexual education program. It starts very young. That probably would throw some people off from the start. It oh my God, you're speaking from whenever their education age starts. There's an yep. age appropriate curriculum for every stage of sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it has led to a better understanding of sex. It's led to all those things, but less of them, less STDs, less unwanted pregnancies, less sexual assaults, because now we're not making sex and bodies so taboo. And I compare this to alcohol. We look at American students who they have to wait till they're 21. 
And when you turn 21, it's this big fucking thing. And we douse ourselves in alcohol and how many college students go to college and they're like, I get to go to college. I'm going to go drink so much. And then they end up in the hospital getting their stomach pumped. It's because it's become this taboo thing and we put gates in front of it. And if you know anything about when you restrict something, it only makes people want it more. Mm -hmm. And what does that lead to? Problems like this. Whereas if you look at Italy, places in Europe where kids have a glass of wine at dinner at 14 and it's just part of culture, they don't go, sure, episodes happen. People drink too much at times, but you don't have these episodes occurring all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people going to the hospital. It's the same thing with sex and bodies. You know, not everyone over there sees a naked body. You know, they have nude beach. Well, I wouldn't say nude beaches, but you can be topless on the beach. And not every guy is walking around with a fucking hard on because they see some woman with tits out. Uh, They go, Mm -hmm. this is very normal. So I'm not so amped up that I see tits. I can actually like recognize this person as a person and not just overly sexualize them. Mm -hmm. And if we could do that here, that would be great. That would be great, everyone, right? Um, There was a bill in Utah recently that was denied and it was actually, you know, uh, sexual education that just added consent into the curriculum. That was it. Mm. Added consent. We needed that. We need that still. Um, But the bill said sex so much and those words were just so scary to all of those, um, you know, politicians that it just was like, nope, too much, not. Nope. Instead of, can we just slowly turn up the tap a little bit? Just not be so worried about it and turning on the sensor harder. And, you know, let's ban you and all of those sexual educators and people who are bringing good, positive sexual messages are getting banned on social media, Mm -hmm. are getting censored in other places, are having to go to places like podcasts to barely share our information. And even then, how am I supposed to share it out on social media when I get banned? So. Oh, and then not to mention every one of you, including myself, is a pedophile, a groomer, or something oh, along grooming. those lines. Yes. Right? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're just highly insecure and uncomfortable to have a an adult conversation. But mm-hmm. it's it's just, I no matter what, you have to have love and empathy for these people because I have to recognize, okay, this person was There's brought up into a system that yeah. made them feel this way. And they're scared. They're scared of what they don't know. We are ignorant. We are fearful of what we are ignorant to, right? Because it's the unknown, as we talked about earlier. So it's a matter. And this is a lot of how I have to work as a coach. And you probably know this as well. We can't just shove people's heads in the water and go, this is what you need to do. Drink it. Um, (laughs) We need to lead them down the road and realize that we're not just going to jump off the cliff into the water. We're going to take this nice, slow route. You'll see the view. It might be a little rocky on the way down, but we're going to get there. And then once we get there, you realize, wow, that wasn't so bad after all. Now I understand why we went down that little scary route mm-hmm. and that we had to do it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, I just, it, the second you brought, I know you're from Utah and there's already issues with the church and whatnot, but you also, I can't help but come back to this video of some representative from Utah when it was in regards to abortion. And she said something along the lines of a woman can control when semen is shot into her. And so it this this was a way of saying that we should be pro-life um, because you know what? We she can, can control, control when semen is shot into her. I will send you the clip. Oh, I don't know. After we get watch. off of here, just so you can hear it. I can't remember her name. I don't even want to know her name. But when right. it comes from people like that, making the laws and whatnot. But back to what's more important, consent. Mm-hmm. Kids should learn that we shouldn't need to be teaching adults consent um when children learn this a when they learn how to emotionally regulate b when they realize that bodies are bodies and that we shouldn't have to sexualize them because oh my god your shirt's off this is why kids in the netherlands they're allowed to play around naked Mm -hmm. to normalize being naked to witness other bodies to realize we look different and, and bodies are yeah. not sexual. Yes. <laughs> Just bodies are not sexual. Yeah. That's something that w- it's so hard for us to separate in American culture. Mm-hmm. And that helps with the whole body. And I know you work with body, body image, but that helps immensely with the body mm-hmm. image issue because 
we go, oh, look, you have one of those. I have one of those. There's so many men in our culture who are so insecure about their penis because they see what porn actors have. And obviously all of them have like big, huge dicks because they're actors and they want them to look good. Right. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for women. I've encountered a lot of women or just vulva owners who are very insecure about the way theirs looks because they see porn or they just haven't seen anyone else's. And they're like, Oh my God, I don't like the way it looks. And I'm like, trust me, they come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and someone, many people will like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but until we normalize, like just seeing each other, witnessing each other naked, I tell people go to a hot spring, go to a nude resort, go normalize being nude amongst other human beings. Like we used to do hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. Uh, we didn't think about these things. We see tribal cultures who walk around with their breasts out, who walk around with just a little cloth over their cock, because this is what's normal for them. And they're not over-sexualizing each other walking around again with yeah. a heart on because, oh my God, I see breasts. It's like, no, that's just like her body or their body. Um, and we, we really need to create a culture that creates more spaces like that, but we need to lead people down the path. We can't just shove them in to the water, like I said earlier, because that's what leads to pushback, like with that legislation, because mm -hmm. consent, we should be able to talk about fucking consent. It's not just sex. It's like, hey, Every am day I allowed consent. to give you a hug? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can I sit next to you? Hey, yeah. that seat's open. Do you mind if I sit next to you? Like, it's as simple as that to, you know, Billy has a toy that I want. I'm going to take it from him versus, hey, you know, and, and, and really that rudimentary, that very baseline thing like consent, you've taught, you've brought up a couple of times emotion regulation. There's mm -hmm. probably several people who are listening who are not familiar with this saying. Um, go a little bit deeper into what you mean by emotion regulation. Sure, I'll give a I'll give a, an example um, to start. We've all known a couple that maybe they go to the gym together and they're working out together, and let's say this is a heterosexual couple. And while the girl is doing her exercise, the guy is just looking around the gym and happens to be looking at another woman do, uh, doing squats. And she loses her shit. Why are you looking at her? What is her ass better than mine? Why can't you focus on me? When maybe he truly was just like appreciating her form mm -hmm. and just looking at how she's, how she's like she's got lifting. some cool Nikes on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe she does have a nice ass. Yeah. Why can't we just like appreciate that? It's, I'm not sexualizing her. It's just like, I can appreciate a good looking form. human, a human that mm -hmm. takes good care of themselves. And um, also she's lifting 175. That's pretty cool. Good for her. Um, but the girl or the guy, no matter what, I don't care. It doesn't matter the situation. Sometimes the partner gets really reactive to this. Is that really yeah, necessary? Is, is that mm -hmm. really necessary to be emotionally dysregulated to the point where you create an argument, maybe create a scene in the gym. Maybe this lasts a whole week of, oh, you know, he just looks at other women and blah, blah, blah. When it's really like, if you were super secure in yourself and in your relationship, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have this moment. You can have maybe feelings of like, why is he looking at her? But don't start screaming. Emotional regulation is going, hey, um, what do you... What are you looking at? And just curiosity. like curiosity, not accusation, mm -hmm. um, because curiosity is just like, I want to know. I'm just curious because I want to see like, what do, what do you see in her? Are you appreciating how she's lifting? Are you appreciating her form? Does she have a nice ass? Because you know what? I love to have a partner who's so secure in herself and in our relationship to know, to be able we to go check it out together. Yes. <laughs> that is the sign of a secure relationship going mm -hmm. yeah she's got a nice ass like joking around a little bit not you know over sexualizing someone but like you can appreciating appreciate someone yeah and go yeah. that's that's a nice peach she she worked for that you know like let's give it a clap um but emotional regulation is that is not being so reactive to our external environment to what other people do to what the world does to media so mm -hmm. many of us have knee-jerk reactions to a tweet 
to something in the news, to some fucking dumb thing the president said. And then it ruins our day. It ruins our week. We, we ruin our- other people's days. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We make something so subtle ruin everything. And mm-hmm. it takes us out of our path. It takes us out of our grace and our peace. Uh, and thus, you're not in control of your life. When you are mm-hmm. emotionally dysregulated and incredibly reactive and triggered, which many people are nowadays, because the truth is too many people are, have been coddled and are too soft. And so they are educated and conditioned to be triggered by every little thing. And the media knows this. Uh, and I don't want to, I want to go haywire into this, but you know, the media knows this. That's how they get clicks is they create emotionally triggering headlines or they completely misconstrue an entire event just to make you triggered. Or they'll say mm-hmm. some things about race or they'll say some things about this. And they know that you will click. They know that you will get enraged because most people are. Most people aren't aware that they aren't in control of their own emotions and the conditioning that's occurring. Mm-hmm. And until you're aware of that, you're not going to be in control of your life. These mm-hmm. are unconscious thoughts and unconscious behaviors and patterns that have been built into you since you were a kid. For those that's who don't a survival know, mechanism, yeah. it's very good to have these knee jerk reactions to survive, but we are past our societal need to react in that way to survive. Um, and then I think, you know, when you were saying, Hey, I'm noticing this person's my, you know, my, my partner's looking, checking someone out knee jerk WTF what's going on, but it's that moment in between that you're realizing you're having that. And then you make a choice to regulate that emotion. It's Mm -hmm. not that you're controlling the emotion or numbing the emotion. You're taking the time to ask, why did I just feel jealous for a moment oh, I have an unmet need here. I need to feel secure with my partner right now. And that person who looks awesome doing squats right now is a bit of a threat for me and where I feel about my body. So me getting curious or even explaining that to my partner, Hey, you looking at her kind of made me a little jealous right now. Like, uh, what were you looking at her for? You know, Mm -hmm. and just sharing that and then getting curious and also admitting that without reacting, but still using it as that, what is this emotion telling me? Why is it telling me this? There's an unmet need there. Absolutely. That, that alone, if you start to implement that into your life, can change your whole life. It can change how you react proactively to every situation you encounter that you don't like. Um, Every time a trigger comes up, recognize it as an opportunity for growth and to learn about yourself Uh, and not immediately go, why are you no, why am I feeling this way? And I love telling people, start from a place of I. I feel this way because, mm-hmm. not saying you you make me feel this way because you do this. No, I feel this way when this happens and I wanna share this with you so mm-hmm. that it's bringing your, you awareness to how I'm feeling and then I'm like working through something. And I, I don't know why I feel this way or maybe I do. Maybe I've had... Uh, issues with guilt or shame over my body for years. And so when I see that person over there and she looks better than me, um, I'm not where she is. And I still hold on to some of this shame. All right. And so the second you can make someone aware of that, they can know how to support you in that. Yeah. Makes partnership stronger, makes your relationship with yourself even stronger too. You can slow down and actually ask yourself, why am I having this emotion? It's so powerful, so powerful. And we do go through life thinking we need to numb a lot of those emotions because they're strong. They don't feel great sometimes, even like that really need to just love someone so much, you know, like you were saying, it came out in a negative way for you Mm -hmm. before you really realized what was going on for you. Yeah. If we don't know the source of the issue, we're going to keep repeating the pattern. We're going to keep repeating the unconscious thoughts, unconscious behaviors, and it's going to lead to the same outcome. I have people who come to me and go, why does this keep happening? And I'm like, well, you know, let's go a little bit deeper. Why do you feel this way? Well, what happened in the past? And then we get to the source. And once we understand the source, that's when the light bulb goes off and we go, oh, 
I'm still reacting based on this event that happened as a kid or 10 years ago. Um, and so once we can unlock that box, that's when when promise is is ahead. Yeah, it's not easy. It hurts. Doing the work hurts. It sucks a lot and it takes time, um, but it's what's mm -hmm. needed. You know, we live in a time period right now where we are the most resourced that humans have ever been. There is no excuse to not work on yourself. And we always say, or I always say, I know this is probably known, but um, trauma is not uh, your fault. What What's happened to you is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to work on it, to fix it. So you don't continue the pattern. You know, my parents' generation, they didn't have the resources that we do. They didn't have YouTube, university, podcasts, um, open spaces that were safe to talk about things like this. Uh, and so I don't blame them as much for why they believe the things that they do. Nowadays, we have more spaces to talk about these things, to educate ourselves. We understand psychology better so that we don't pass on our trauma to future generations, to our partners, uh, so we could live as more conscious human beings. So That's it's a matter so of taking advantage of that. Yeah. So at the beginning, you know, introduced you that you guide humans towards radical self-love and sexual liberation. Let's talk a little bit about why choosing radical and what that means to you as a, you know, provider of services. Yeah, absolutely. So that can be a fearful word for some people. <laughs> well, radical. <laughs> when we look at society as a whole, right? Um, we don't like radical. Everyone's an extremist nowadays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but radical self-love is building a home with inside yourself. Um, a lot of us look for external validation. We're looking for the external thing that makes us happy. The person, the job, the this, the that. When in reality, it comes, it comes from inside. And when we can build that radical self-love, and I say it because self-love comes in different forms. Self-love comes in the form of a donut sometimes. Uh, self-love comes in the form of a pedicure. It comes in the form of meditation. But when we can really build it to a point where no matter what happens around me, I love myself so fucking much, so radically that I'm unaffected or minimally affected mm -hmm. to the point where... I can get through this. This isn't going to tear me down, uh, break break apart my life that, you know what, this person doesn't love me. This person did this to me. I still love myself. And I always come back to the home with inside myself. That's radical self-love. And I don't, you know, you could take radical self-love to like narcissism, but that's, you know, uh, a whole different area, right? It's, that's not necessarily self-love. That's just like... Um, a disorder. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say radical self-love because when we can get to that point, um, that's when magic happens. That's when we can better love other people because when we love ourselves so much, we take away all those insecurities and the only people who pass judgment, who take things out on their partners and on out on the world and have a lot of hate, it's because they don't fully love themselves. And so when you can fully love yourself, you can fully see yourself and other people as a mirror and see that a lot of their issues are things that you've worked on, that you've done the work, and you can see that they're still in their journey. And you can have more peace when you speak with them and more calm and not be so triggered when they try to hurt you. Um, and that's an opportunity to inspire that person to get to the point that you're at and not fall into their victimhood, fall into their drama, fall into the patterns that they still have going for them. It's those moments, as you said earlier, when we can have that pause where it's like you pause everything in the world around you and you have a moment to be mindful go, why is this person acting this way? Why this person just call me a cunt, mm -hmm. right? I'm not just going to immediately go, oh, what a fucking asshole, you know, terrible person. Why did this person call me this? Did I really deserve this? Or maybe they're going through something. And then now that I know this, I can proactively change how I speak to this person and show more compassion and love because they're truly going some through something. Yeah. 
Really powerful. And, you know, I think just talking about what you mean with the words you're choosing to describe your services and everything that really helps a lot of people understand what it is we are saying, um, because there's a lot of buzzwords that happen to be floating around these days, you know, uh, day and age. Uh, but really you can put your work behind your mouth too. So it's really cool to hear that. Um, you know, we're in a new year. 2023, it's usually when a lot of folks are motivated to make changes, taking time to reflect. If you had a call to action for people this year, you know, we we spent a little bit of time talking about how ah, society, American society, this and that and whatever, and all these, you know, mm-hmm. things that keep us from um being the best versions of ourselves. What would you say for everybody? What would be that call to action or thing to focus on? intention to set? It's a great question. I, if we're, if I was just speaking to American culture, I know this exists around in other countries too. I just spent two months in Costa Rica, so I saw a different lifestyle, but it would be to slow down truthfully. And that's not just in your day-to-day life, but this is a podcast about sex. Um, slow down in your sex life too. And I'm not just saying like, you know, um, physically go slower when you're penetrating but like really get to learn your partner's erogenous zones really don't just go straight into penetrative sex really sit and connect with deep eye gazing with breath work connect your breath with your partner Um, sit down and have conversations uh, so that we can consciously relate to one another instead of have expectations, have assumptions. Um, because when we can consciously relate to people, it takes away the unknowns. It takes away the fears. We can relax. We understand what our partner needs, what I need. I've spoken to my needs. And this is very important for a lot of the women out there because a lot of women are have been taught and conditioned over the years to to not speak to their desires or their needs. And it leads to uncomfortable situations, bad shit happening at times. And so this goes for both men and women, like provide the space to hear your partner out, to witness your partner. Um, Because although some people might feel like they have it all together, um, if we provide them that space, they'll probably come up with something and something will come out that we didn't realize about them. And now I can further have a deeper understanding of how to support my partner or this person or these people. Um, So we can relate better as humans, because there's so much dividing us nowadays. Everyone wants to divide us um, because it's profitable. That's Mm -hmm. the truth. Um, When we can be enraged, this is why I do emotional regulation work. When we can be enraged, um, we can get into fights. And um, this is profitable because we will support certain causes, certain things, and and try and cancel other things. Um, And so when we can just slow down, be mindful, have mindful conversations, we can better relate to ourselves, to the world, and live happier. Uh, We live in a hustle culture, and that's dwindling, but a lot of us still have those those, uh, hyper-independence needs for high productivity to make other people happy, and realizing that you need to just find whatever your happiness is, and it's not what the world tells you it is. Um, It's not what your parents tell you what it is you have to go inward to find what that is. I have been through career changes and I'm only 30. Um, I have done so many different things. Never thought I would be here, truthfully. Um, But I am here. And I realized that, you know what, 10 years from now, I could be somewhere else. But it's only a matter of me slowing down and sitting with myself to understand, am I happy where I'm at? If I'm not, what do I need to do about it? And you need to slow down to, to find that answer. Hey, you've heard it from Dr. Freeman. Take your 2023 nice and slow, everyone. <laughs> I really appreciate it. It's really um, just wonderful to connect with you know, what's meaningful for people. Um, how really we, we talk about buzzwords and we talk about sex and intimacy and sexuality. And I'm sure you've had clients knock on your door and say, hey, make me a better lover. I want to make my partner come. I want to, you know, do these very specific activities and be this much better by this much. 
And then once you start pulling back some of those superficial needs, really find those deep things that we really spent a lot of time talking about today. And it's just so pure when you can get to that point. It's so cool. So thank you so much for, you know, sharing all of that. Anything else that you want our listeners to know about you or your services today? Sure. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I love having these conversations and and having these spaces because if you're here, if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing something right um, because you're doing some of the work. And this is a great place to start if you're a beginner, um, if you don't know how to have these conversations with people. Um, maybe you listen to this in your car on your way to work and no one knows that you you listen to this. Um, but this is where you start to open up to the idea that it's okay to talk to people about these topics and understand that if you're doing the work to be better for yourself and to be more comfortable with these topics, you can inspire others to do the same. And that is greatness in my mind is when you can do the work and inspire others to get to the place that you're at now. Um, so with that said, uh, you can find me on all my socials. It's Dr. Kyle Dean, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitter kind of is where I hang out. Uh, if you want to find my OnlyFans link, it is also Dr. Kyle Dean there. I have two links, um, but send me a DM on Instagram or go to my link. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, or you can go watch me on the one that got away on prime video. If you want to see me, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I think I was the one that got away. Let's just say that. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you just need more, more of that fix. Yeah. (laughs) I need validation. Please tell me that I was right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing all that you do for your mission. Just being in tune to that call and life to be here. Um, really appreciate that. And everyone who's listening, if you want more that the podcast offers, you can find us at saltysexcast.com. You can join our Patreon community and we have more content there. You get episodes early, all of that fun stuff. So thank you all who have supported our podcast last, you know, I think we're on year four right now. So you all are amazing. And I hope you have a fantastic sexy, sex-filled, lovely, wonderful week. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Salty Sex Cast. Ready for round two? Find us on Facebook.